0: Introducing T-Vision Live by T-Mobile It's the best of live TV Get all the channels you want Like live sports and live news And ditch the hundreds of channels you don't watch Right now switch to T-Mobile to get four lines of unlimited With T-Vision Live TV included Just 40 bucks per line Visit T-Mobile.com today
1: with auto pay, plus taxes and fees customers on this wireless plan may notice speeds lower than other customers and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization tv video quality depends on internet connection streams at 480p on t-mobile network ctvision.com for
2: details this is jenny garth and tori spelling and we are doing a podcast <laughs> and it's called 9021 omg <laughs> you believe it's been 30 years 30 years since what? Uh, since we started now, 210. Oh, man. Since I graced you with my friendship. <laughs> that means you're old. <laughs> She's a year older, by the way. Listen to nine zero two one zero omg on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Atlanta, another body was discovered today, the 23rd. At police task force headquarters, there are 27 faces on the wall, 26 murdered, one missing.
0: We do not know the person or persons that are responsible, therefore we do not have the motive.
4: From Tenderfoot TV and how stuff works in Atlanta. Like 11 other recent victims in Atlanta, Rogers apparently was asphyxiated.
2: Atlanta is unlikely to catch the killer unless he keeps
3: on killing.
4: This is Atlanta Monster. Hey guys, welcome to part two of our QA session. I'm here with the Tenderfoot TV team and how stuff works.
3: I'm Jason from How Stuff Works.
2: I'm Meredith from Tenderfoot. And this is Donald
3: from Tenderfoot TV. And we are here today to answer your questions.
4: Hey, my name is Joe. Was there ever a house or location of where they thought there was like a sexual ring going on where people were taken maybe over to that house and that could have green carpet there? Just wondered if you've ever heard anything about them actually investigating the house.
3: One of the hardest parts of this story, I think, to to hear. And frankly, it was a story that was told in the media. So going to Uncle Tom's house, Tom Terrell, um, there was frank and open talk about at least 10 of these boys visiting his house. We've seen some pretty graphic detail of what happened there, that these kids would come through the neighborhood and just for a couple bucks would participate in some you know some pretty troubling things and even sleep over um, a couple years after this case was closed, uh, Tom Terrell's house and the house next door burned down. We went back if you remember mm-hmm. and it was raised. there was nothing there it was it was a clean field it's an empty lot yeah if you were looking at the field and you looked directly to your left, you saw the Georgia Dome and you saw where the Omni which is a a big location in the podcast. So you can actually imagine where kids were coming from there, going through the neighborhood, stopping, and then hitting their ultimate destination uh, at their houses at any time of the day. Um, It's really heartbreaking. uh, And often in trials, not all the evidence they have is presented. Just enough of the strongest evidence is used to convict someone. So even though it was known, it was in the media, it doesn't mean it has to show up in trial. But what we don't know is, was there a larger kind of pyramid of players here. Uh, we've heard some of the adult victims may have been running through the same neighborhood right So I, I hate speculating on this stuff, but something really really nags at me that says there's a connection here. I just don't know what it is And we didn't present this on the podcast because we frankly just didn't have the evidence. We didn't have anything that would tell us that these things were all specifically connected.
1: Even back then, the media theorized that some of the adult victims could actually have been co-conspirators. So there is a scenario that some of these things are connected um, and that it's larger than one person. So we already all believe that, you know, this wasn't all the work of one monster, but it could be the work of a few people working together. And then some of some other things that are completely unrelated, some things that are related to those um, that those houses and some of those victims that were at those houses that also weren't related to Wayne Williams or any other co-conspirators with Wayne Williams. So just you know, like I said, there's just not enough evidence to point that that is true or false. So it's one of the things we didn't really dive deep into because it's just a big question mark. So we kind of focused on, you know, the larger issues in front of us that we had, you know, more evidence to point to.
4: It was called Uncle Tom's Cabin was the nickname that it was given in the media. Vincent Hill, the former police officer, was a huge advocate of this theory. And he had his own evidence he showed me. He firmly believed that there was a real connection between this Uncle Tom's Cabin and the Atlanta child murders. And based on what he showed me, I think that at least a few of the victims were connected. But the question remains... Did it have to do with Wayne Williams? Is there a bigger story here? Or are we looking at a bunch of different murders by different people?
3: Yeah, I mean, like, Tim- Timothy Hill was at Tom Terrell's house the day before he went missing. Right, and was supposed to return. And you can't, just, you can't dismiss that, but it's hard to put those connections together so many years later. That's the problem with this. Everyone says it's so
4: confusing. It is confusing. It, th- there's no way to make it all make sense. Because I firmly believe it doesn't all make sense. Right. It doesn't all connect. There's not one big puzzle here that makes sense, and this is this explains everything. Right. We're talking about different
1: things that happened. Right. I think one thing that we make the mistake of, just the general public, when we look at um, a crime like this, is trying to find the one answer that solves everything. And also that trying to look at every child's name that appears on a list and saying that... Um, all of the evidence has to fit every single victim. And when one doesn't fit, we can't throw it all out. It may just be that that evidence or that assailant or, you know, the, the the person responsible for one is not responsible for the other. There's definitely a world where several of these victims are murdered for several different reasons, some associated with one killer, some associated with this house, some by street violence. And all that evidence is in no way it's going to all match up.
3: And, and one thing is true, and that's that sex rings were a real thing in Atlanta and other cities. Um, we're going to share a clip from another, uh, another caller who I actually know. Um, her father was named Wayne Williams and uh, was in the phone book, and they got all kinds of nasty calls. And here she shares a story of some of the sex ring activities that were happening in uh, Cabbage Town here in Atlanta.
5: I lived in Inman Park at the time, which is just on the other side of the tracks from where everything was happening. I have a lot of memories of it. I know for a fact that there was a kitty pornography ring that was going on in Cabbage Town at the time. And I know this for a fact because I rode the school bus with a lot of the um, boys who would whisper about um, getting paid for PPE pictures. Uh, have that, you know, kind of burned into my brain. Hi, this is Dave from Los Angeles. I, I know you guys kind of touched on this before, but has there
3: ever been any serious inquiry on whether Wayne possibly partnered with his father in these murders? With the uh, fibers from the house being on the victims, it seems to me the only real good way to get a fiber onto a victim is direct contact with the fibers themselves. Uh, and though the victims were brought home and disposed of and even
5: photographed Most serial killers have a trophy aspect to them, and Wayne's dad was a photographer and enjoyed taking pictures of the uh, the funerals afterwards.
4: That's a good point. It, It would be merely speculation to talk about that at all. But one thing I do find interesting is that you take all the evidence against Wayne Williams, it would also match his father. All the carpet fibers, everything would be the same. So it is interesting, and I don't know much about their relationship. I asked Wayne a few times about his father, but he never really got into it, which I
3: found also was kind of strange. And they had a strained relationship, and we we kind of briefly touched on that. They had an argument out in a parking lot around the trial time. We stayed away from trying to present a lot of the speculation on this. We heard a lot of stories that we actually did not put in the podcast. Oh, um, but I will say this. We do know that Homer Williams was the only photographer at the Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr. benefit concert. Uh, we do know that he was on stage with Frank Sinatra. We do know that he took the iconic photo of Sammy Davis Jr. and Mayor Kasim Reed. But there's there's lots of questions. Like one of the things we heard over and over again was Wayne and Homer are showing up at the funerals. They're showing up at the uh at the case sites where the bodies were. I can tell you personally, I looked at hours and hours and hours of video footage. And never saw it. So we're not going to make a statement on that. Like I've never seen it with my own eyes. So to present that out there just doesn't make sense. We do know that Chet Detlinger talked about Homer being there at Jimmy Ray Payne's funeral. And we did discuss kind of that connection. Uh, But we've heard lots of things. Chet also talks about he actually met with Homer and Wayne a lot. He met Wayne in jail. He went to their residence when Wayne was in jail and Homer was at home. And talked with him about the fact that they took boxes and put them in dumpsters near a nearby downtown school. And the fact that Homer had all kinds of photography that he burned. And he admitted to doing it, but he said, you know, it was just unclaimed extra copies of stuff. And, and even... So I'll burn them and not just throw them away. Yeah. And this was in the kind of cleanup phase. He said... um, They were unclaimed extra copies and photos that just didn't turn out right. And Chet said, I've never been satisfied with any part of the explanation about the cleanup, either Wayne's or Homer's. The best I can say is it could be true.
0: Hmm. Is your immune system ready for colder weather? Stay healthy this season with Sambacol Black Elderberry. Sambacol is packed with natural antioxidants that help support a healthy immune system and keep it functioning at its best. From syrups to gummies to drink powders, Sambacol is easy to fit into your daily routine and to take with you on the go. Plus, it tastes great and your kids will love it too. Sambacol is the original and most trusted Black Elderberry brand. It is scientifically tested using only premium European black elderberries for powerful immune support anytime, anywhere. Support your whole family's immunity this season with Sambacall Black Elderberry. You can find it in your favorite grocery and drug stores or online at sambacallusa.com. Get 15% off your entire order at sambacallusa.com using promo code ATLANTA. Offer ends December 31st, 2020.
2: If I'm not commuting anymore, where do I really want to live? While you handle life's questions, Merrill Guided Investing helps you manage your portfolio and invest for your next move with the option to work with an advisor at a low cost and minimum. Merrill, a Bank of America company. Visit merrilledgecom slash investing goals to get started today.
4: Investing involves risk. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner & Smith, Incorporated, Both a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor member SIPC. Investment products are not FDIC-insured or not bank-guaranteed and may lose value.
5: Hi, my name is Laurie. So several years ago I read the book Mindhunter by John Douglas. He is one of the people that basically founded the field of criminal profiling. It's a really fascinating book, and he had an entire chapter on the Atlanta child murders. And in that chapter, he describes exactly what was in the profile um before they caught Wayne Williams. And it is absolutely uncanny.
4: Yes, I've read that. I've read uh, that section of his book, Mindhunter. Um, we did try to reach out to John Douglas early on. Uh, The name John Douglas came up multiple times in the FBI. Everyone we talked to really looked up to this person. He was a brilliant man. He's still around, and we tried to reach out to him early on, but we were not able to get an interview lined up. I think there was a sort of conflict of interest with the My Hunter show and our show, but, you know, he expressed that he would, would like to do it, but it just didn't work out. But, you know, everyone we talked to in the FBI really looked up to this guy, and he was sort of the mastermind of creating these FBI profiles like this.
2: Some of them were even his students. I think Popcorn said he went to John Douglas's class and things like that. So it's yeah, pretty interesting.
3: It is. It's really interesting with the extra context of watching Mindhunter and seeing some of those classes conducted. Yeah, to, to, yeah. to kind of it, it's going to be really interesting to see how that the rumored kind of co- um, coverage of of Wayne Williams and the Atlanta child murders in season two of Mindhunter plays out based on everything that we know. Yeah.
5: Hi, my name is Kia. A few episodes back, you talked to a gentleman that was abducted in a car and kind of got out, but the plastic seats kind of grabbed the back of the pick that was in his pocket, and on his way out, the guy who kind of sort of maybe looked like Wayne Williams said goodbye and called him by his name. Did you dig any deeper into that story? Did you revisit it? Because it sounds like there's somebody out there that was snatching kids that looked very much like Wayne Williams. I don't have enough information, but I was just
4: curious. That story stuck with me. By Rodney. That's what he said. It was uh, extremely eerie. It's a bizarre story. I don't know what else to say about it, to be honest. I don't don't know where to look for more information on that to build a bigger story out of it. This guy was being 100% sincere to me. He had never told anyone publicly this story before. And we've also heard... After that, a few other stories that make it sound like there was maybe this guy who resembled Wayne Williams who was roaming around the streets of Atlanta and abducting kids, or at least attempting to. Is that true? I don't know. I, I cannot say for certain if it is or not. Yet either way you slice it, it seems like there was someone who looked like Wayne Williams who was out in Atlanta at that time abducting kids or at least attempting to. Was it Wayne? This guy says for certain it was not. He knew what Wayne looked like, and it wasn't him. So was there someone else out there? I, I don't know.
2: Okay, so Wayne's look seems to be unique to us. I think now in 2018, we hear, here's the guy with the afro and glasses, and it seems almost like this iconic, you know, pictures that we've seen of Wayne Williams. But at the time, it's been suggested to us many times that that was not a unique look. Lots of people had that hairstyle. Lots of people had those... Same types of glasses at that time. And so it's possible that there was someone who looked a lot like him.
4: Yeah, Vincent Hill even said, I looked like that. My dad looked like that.
1: We all looked like that. Yeah, that was the go to look, you know, late 70s, early 80s. So not surprising that, you know, someone else is out there and being mistaken for Wayne Williams, if that's what, you know, what the look was. I think what gives um, a little more credence to some of the other eyewitnesses is them being able to also say the guy had, you know, abrasions or a scar on his face. And I think that's kind of what sets the ID apart from, you know, the people who say it definitely wasn't Wayne. People say that it was him.
3: When I listened to the uh, interview with Rodney for the first time, it was just a stunning story by itself. But I was also struck by the, the story of the driver giving Rodney drugs and not really knowing what was in that the question has come up multiple times. How do you get these scrappy kids in your car or, you know, take them and kill them without having a scratch or out having scars? And Wayne's just 5'7 and a pudgy guy. And it it just, it's always kind of bothered me that maybe that was the trick, right? Is, is giving these young kids some concoction that, that reduced their resistance. I don't know. There was something that's always kind of bugged me about that. And that being the almost like the candy that the stranger's giving these kids to to make them more vulnerable because I think there is a point to these kids being tough and scrappy and on the streets that um, would be difficult to take down. I think the power that you're talking
4: about when it comes to serial killers is in their manipulation. Every serial killer manipulated their victims and gained their trust somehow. I think that we often underestimate what that is. I think that if you're a psychopath, your sociopath, you have all these traits and you're trying to kill somebody. You are convincing them of everything you need to to get them in your car.
3: Yeah, and if you remember the the kind of anonymous interview that we played in one of the episodes um, of the guy that knew Wayne and, and Jojo Bell, he talked about how Wayne had a network of spies that were kids helping him watch the neighborhood. So, Again, if he is the person, his ability to kind of manipulate those kids and have them act on his behalf, is pretty powerful.
5: This is Jenny Kafka in Edison, New Jersey. How has the podcast shaken things up with the law enforcement? Have have they been responding? Have they been acting? Have they been pursuing um, or reevaluating leads because of what you're doing?
4: I highly doubt it. I think that this is a very old case. Uh, The FBI is happy with the way this ended. It's closed in their minds. Uh, I don't think Wayne Williams is getting out of prison anytime soon, regardless of whether or not he's guilty or innocent. That's just the way it is now. It's been almost 40 years. I don't think the police feel compelled to go back through their own information and their own cases and try to find something try to find something that was missing before. Uh, I don't think it's in the city's best interest for that to happen either. I think that the important part of Atlanta Monster is not uh, just whether or not Wayne Williams killed anybody. It's just the retelling of the story as a whole. Just like I had never heard this story, there were plenty of other people who'd never heard this story too. Even my parents, they were around in Atlanta at this time, but I'd never been told this story and they remembered it way differently. They didn't have all the facts. They they only were they were limited to what they saw on the news, and my dad told me he didn't have a TV in his in his apartment, so he only saw uh, the news at Dunkin' Donuts or something. So so much it was all this archive stuff we're going through, but who all saw that? I mean, not everybody, to be honest. It's 1980, 1981.
1: Yeah, I mean just just look at look at your life today. You know, if you if you you get busy for a few days and you don't watch the six o'clock news, ten o'clock news. You're not up to date on everything that's happening, and we have the internet. So you think about in in the late '70s, you know, you you miss the evening news, and you, for a couple of days, you're completely outdated. So if you don't have a TV, so yeah, just it's a it's a lot. You know, the the flow of information isn't uh, the way the way it is now is completely different than how it was then. And you know, people are gonna uh, hear this story through a lens, or you know, through a, a different. I guess lens may not be the right word, but you know, they're gonna hear this story. Um, and it's going to come with a, a twist on on it based off who's telling it to you, you know, it's based on your community, based on your age. Um, but I think overall, the you know, good question. I think that, you know, you answered it perfectly. I mean, it's, it's case closed. Like we got our guy and we're not going to go revisit anything, especially if it's going to kick us some dust that we don't want to get into. That's, that's the uh, opinion of local and federal law enforcement.
2: Yeah, I think. To law enforcement, this is done. And if you remember from the last two episodes, um, every child's case that they thought was connected in a compelling way with trace evidence and circumstantial evidence, they brought those up in trial. So though it didn't maybe make the news that way, and many people don't think that the kids were tried, and they and they weren't, their cases were tried, um, but they still brought those up. So I don't know why they would ever reopen these cases I don't think they're going to get more evidence on those cases. That's why they were so flimsy, but they connected in some way through, you know, fibers to the two cases they had more evidence for, and that's Nathaniel Cater and Jimmy Ray Payne.
1: Right, and I think think the problem that I have and that maybe some of the listeners have as well is that they didn't just close the cases that were brought up in court, and there is the, you know, elephant in the room. So those parents, you know— not only was their child never brought up in court but you know there were never never had there was never a trial there was never anything those cases were just closed and i think that's where you know the big issue lies so uh if there was going to be an effort to look into something i think it should be into the cases that were not brought up in court that we aren't so sure that he did but i think we've said it before that you know if you close 12 cases and there are 30 they're still an Atlanta child writer out there. And I think that's what the city was dealing with at the time. So I think they politically, you know, they were motivated to close, you know, the majority of these cases, which they did. And I think there, that's where the injustice came in.
2: Yeah. So I guess that's not necessarily opening up Wayne Williams' case again. Right. It's like those outlying um, und- undetermined cases. Right.
1: But they would have to admit that those outlying undetermined cases um were not committed by Wayne Williams, and they've already closed and attributed over 12 that were not brought into court, and that, you know, there's there's a difference.
3: Yeah, I would love to just view all the stuff that never got presented to the public, because, I mean, this went on for a couple years, and I think that is kind of the unknown question of what happened within the task force, within APD, within the FBI, what leads did they get and not follow? What kind of conversations did they have? If they were talking to Tom Terrell and investigating the sex ring, what was that investigation like and how come it was not presented? Is the cost of finishing the basement worth the benefit of some
2: peace and quiet? When questions find you, Merrill-Ledge Self-Directed Investing can help you find answers with personalized planning tools and insights to help you get where you want to go, even if it's just downstairs. Merrill, a Bank of America company. Visit merrillledge.com slash within reach to get started today.
4: Investing involves risk. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Veterans and Smith Incorporated. Registered broker-dealer member SIPC. Investment products are not FDIC-insured, or not bank-guaranteed, and may lose value.
2: Were you aware most companies have gone through around five huge changes in the last three years? It's true. And most of those companies only expect to see more changes more often. To be better prepared for the next big change, be proactive now with Paycom, In one software, employees can easily enter and update their own HR and payroll data instead of having HR do it for them, from hours worked and PTO requests to expenses and benefits and so on. And no matter where they are, the Paycom mobile app gives them 24 7 access to do that. This streamlines processes, reduces errors, and basically helps keep the wheels moving. That way, with HR able to be more strategic, you can better manage change rather than having change manage you. You should check out paycom.com today. Again, that's paycom.com.
5: Hi, my name is Kelly. I was listening to another true crime podcast, and it was about the freeway Phantom slayings that happened in the 70s. Um, There were six young D.C. females who disappeared and were found off the side of freeways, um, strangled and dead and raped. Um, This was prior to the Atlanta Monsters appearance. But the link that was most intriguing to me is that in both cases, these were young children from disenfranchised communities who also had green carpet fibers found on them and on their clothing and possessions. So I just thought that that was a really interesting link. I'm not sure... If anyone has investigated the links between these two serial murders that um, I thought that I would call in in the off chance that it could be a helpful tip.
2: Firstly, I think it's important to reiterate that there are many, many types of green fibers. And I think it's a misconception that green is the thing that made these fibers stand out in the Williams case. It wasn't that they were um, green. It was that the green carpet fibers they did find Had this unusual structure that was trilobal, and it was called the Wellman 181B, and it was among fibers extremely rare. So it's not inconceivable that other cases, um, their victims would be tied together through fibers, even green fibers, even green carpet fibers, but it was the linchpin in this case because the fibers were so rare. Um, I'm not familiar with the fibers in the case that um, you're bringing up, but I think that it would be very unlikely that there's any tie at all because we, when we narrowed it down with Larry Peterson, the fiber analyst, it was like maybe 82 rooms in Georgia might have that carpet, maybe.
5: Hi, Pang. I have a question for you and your team. I was just listening to episode 10 and I was wondering um, if the two guys that were giving a story actually like got in contact with the police or the family members got in contact with
4: the police so out of the three stories that i was told um only one person did go to the cops and that was the man who ended up in prison with wayne williams ironically years later he said he did tell the police about what happened to him and they came to his house and they uh asked him some questions about what happened and they seemed interested but it just kind of ended there And uh, they never followed up after that, but he did make an attempt to tell law enforcement they did come to his house and they asked him a bunch of questions, but it pretty much just ended there.
1: Hey, Payne and team. My name is Jason. I'm a big fan of your work and of your podcast. I loved Up and Vanished, and I just got finishing with uh, Atlanta Monster. With Up and Vanished, I felt that there was a very clear wind, if you want to call it that, but the evidence that was uncovered kind of turned a new leaf in the investigation. And with the Atlanta monster, I didn't feel it was kind of the same way. So really, I was just curious, Payne, on a personal level, if
5: you were convinced that Wayne Williams is innocent, or are you convinced that Wayne Williams was in fact the Atlanta monster?
4: Oh man, that's the tough one to answer right there. I'm not convinced of his innocence or his guilt, to be honest. But what I'll tell you is that Wayne Williams lied to me. He lied to me about the bridge incident and the club on multiple occasions, and I called him out on it. Why was he lying to me? Is it because he killed Nathaniel Cater that night? Or is it because he was doing something suspicious and it just makes him look bad? If that's the case, then why not, almost 40 years later, come out and say, hey, I'm sorry, I lied about this. This is why it doesn't make any sense, but I still didn't kill anybody. He's not saying that. He's still lying for some reason. Why is that? You know, I, and I also can't argue with the fiber evidence. You know, it's funny because, you know, on the way up to Larry Peterson's house, I was with Meredith, and we were both talking about how, man, we really think that Wayne maybe didn't do this. Maybe he's innocent. It just sounds too perfect. Things don't add up all the way. What's the deal here? Maybe he's innocent. When we left after about a four-hour conversation with Larry Peterson, We both looked at each other and said, I think he did it. So I don't know. I've gone back and forth a lot, but I don't want to be the guy who says, you should believe this or you should believe that. What I wanted to do was present the whole story and have you decide and have you understand why this has been so puzzling for so long. And also, the focus should not be Wayne Williams. It should be the kids. It should be what happened almost 40 years ago that was wrong. There were things that were done the wrong way in this case, and there's things to learn from. It's also an important part of our culture to know how things were and how they are today. So those are the more important factors that I would like to focus on. Did he do it? I don't know. But he lied to me, and he's very suspicious. Thanks for listening to part two of our Q&A session. If you have any questions of your own, please call us at 1-833-285-6667. Again, that's 1 833 285 6667. And be on the lookout for more specials of Atlanta Monster this summer. History, doctors have relied on trusted tools like stethoscopes, thermometers, and tongue depressors to treat their patients' cough and cold. But what do doctors turn to when they have a cold? Mucinex DM. It releases immediately and lasts for up to 12 hours to control the cough and loosen mucus. So when a cough and cold gets you down, think like a doctor. Get Mucinex, the number one doctor trusted OTC cough and cold brand. Uses directed.
2: The radio on your dash is more than radio. That SiriusXM button is instant access to a world of exclusive entertainment, including ad-free music channels for every genre and decade. You can also hear your favorite sports, comedy, talk, and news. Plus, you can stream with the SiriusXM app on your phone and connected home devices. So grab your phone, dial pound 250, and just say SiriusXM to get 12 months for $5 a month with a new select subscription. Call for offer details. Fees and taxes apply.